You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Couch Potatoes. I'm Alex. Chris. Yeah, <laughs> this might as well just be the way we introduce it now. <laughs> it'll be with Cap. our special that, guest. It'll Cap. be it'll be fucking Couch Potatoes with maybe Cap. <laughs> <laughs> just put like a giant question mark and just some guy like pulling Beavis's like head away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've honestly been thinking about uh, some updated artwork. Just mm-hmm. across all the shows. Maybe not No Time to Turn because it's still no. pretty new. But new artwork for something good for you and Couch Potato. So I've been kind of cycling through some different ideas. There's two kids podcasted in my Winnebago. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong series. We're going to be diving headfirst back into the 1980s horror Stranger Things. <gasps> And I've been the new season's already out, and I have been purposely like staying away from it because I want to finish the retrospective because we only got this one and one more episode to go. I uh, I've tried to stay away from it. I even popped up Netflix today. It's like I'm not going to watch it. Not going to watch it. And then I keep seeing advertisements for it. And then I'm a D and D fan. So now. All the D and D stuff is now crossing over. It's ruining my content. Oh shit! Because they're like, dude. I, I, if you like Stranger Things, check out this D and D storyline. This is what they use. I'm just like fuck. <laughs> well, we sometimes we pre-record these and kind of scatter them about, and sometimes the release is not the exact order in which we recorded things. So who knows? Maybe we'll spit out an episode three here soon, so we can just start yeah. watching season yeah. four and then kind of sprinkle episode three among everything else. Because man, we are eating good these next couple months. We have a ton of content. Yeah. I thought you just meant because I was unemployed and could cook. <laughs> so I was like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> hell yeah, we'll eat good. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, uh, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> but no, we, we got a ton of stuff coming out this month. So let's go ahead and dig back into Stranger Things Season 2. Now, Season 1 and 2 kind of blurred together for really? me. Honestly, yeah, because when I watched them, oh, that's right, yeah. they were all back to back. So seasons one and two, I watched basically uh, front to back, so they all kind of blurred together. I uh, I really enjoyed season two. I thought it was a great you know sequel to. So this is you know some shows, especially on Netflix, kind of fall off the cliff there when they try to go to the next season. But this one, this one stuck the landing every time, um, especially with the amount of time that passed because mm-hmm. you know you get the big you know steven spielberg stephen king movie-esque thing you know the kids the good guys won you know but the bad guy died you mm-hmm. know and, but the, the cliffhanger of season one is uh what's his name little boy uh the nerdy looking kid uh, if you just if you had not said that i would have pulled yeah will thank will, you. will has will will um now has like these weird visions mm-hmm. of the underneath but what's down there right um and he spits up something kind of goes pop <laughs> <laughs> he spits out a little slug and then that that, that kind of tied into me it was just like oh man this is gonna be an 80s body horror kind of thing it's gonna be the shit <laughs> well that was the end of season one right yeah, and, but, yeah. But, but it uh, picks up a few months later mm-hmm. uh the boys um 
it's it's summertime almost um well the no. first thing we see is uh it gives us the date of october 28th of 84 and a girl mm-hmm. with psychic powers um well it says a uh, a girl with the psychic power to make people see things with a tattoo reading 008 on her mm-hmm. arm is a part of a criminal gang that manages to rob a bank and get away into pittsburgh pennsylvania so at that point we're kind of set up with like a oh there might be others from yeah. where eleven punk came kids. from yeah yeah this so, is how I could separate this yeah well. the, the punk kids, kids. <laughs> the cast from Return of the Living Dead three or some shit <laughs> yeah uh, they do they look like they do look like they show up in a Scooby Doo esque zombie movie <laughs> like it's it's it, it number eight yeah out of the group I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, you do sympathize with the characters though, because you know, like, oh, okay, they're just like eleven. Yeah, they all just have like different X Men tier level bullshit. Right. Um, and they're in Steel Town, so it's just like, okay, so we can kind of know where where Pittsburgh is in the Midwest near the Great Lakes near where we think the town is, and mm-hmm. it's just like it matches up pretty good. Yeah, and it kind of gives you an idea of like, oh, this is where they're pulling all the kids. Yeah, fucking the Midwest and, and snatching o- them up. <laughs> and honestly, I was expecting these kids to play a little bit of a bigger role yeah. to the overarching story. Yeah, I think I think they pulled them a little bit too early, and I hope they kind of make a reference to them again in the new season. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do leave it very open ended with a bunch of super powered people still roaming the fucking streets yeah because i remember when they because i remember th- this intro scene really vividly now mm. and i remember thinking like "Ooh, what's this going to mean for the overarching story not just 11's journey but what is this going to mean for the overarching thing you know or is someone else from this going to become part of the team and you know mm. be, uh, no then yeah. when re- and we didn't really see him during season three either. I, and i think it's because like they're adults like they're, they're straight up fucking adults yeah um they're young adults, but still fucking adults. Yeah. Uh, so I think I kind I kind of see where the dynamic wouldn't have clicked. Um, we can only have one ultra babysitter among the group. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's it kind of if you kept it going like that, mm-hmm. you kind of leave the other characters in the dust because now the gang is like, hey, where did our friend go? It's like we'll never know. Because it it really fucks it up mm-hmm. down the road, right? Um, and they kind of tied off a little bit, but it's still so open ended. It is. It is a waste almost. Yeah, you know? and, and I definitely agree because they seem like very interesting, captivating characters. What would be cool is if they did a, uh, which I, I imagine they will, maybe a branch off series, mm. Stranger Things Two, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> uh, uh, Hollow Notes. That's what this should have been called. Hollow Notes soundtrack. This is what that. This is what this season should have been called. Stranger Things Two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, but yeah, like you were saying though, in, uh, back in Hawkins, the town is preparing for Halloween. Uh, Max, a new girl at school, captures the boys' attention, and then that wants well, she all, wants up being wind up one of my new favorite like yeah, kid characters. So, so she's she's been in a few horror movies I've seen already, mm-hmm. uh, especially around that time. Now this is when I started playing the NES Stranger Things game. Yeah, and she's in it. Yeah. Now Stranger Things they fucked up the game because they put something in the game where all right, so Will has or like. Uh, one of the kids has a slingshot. One kid has a skateboard. One mm-hmm. kid does this. One kid does that. Eleven uses psychic powers. You get her at the end. Yeah, but you can play as Max. Max had a superpower, not a not a slingshot or a gun mm-hmm. or anything. She had a motherfucking superpower in the game, and everybody was like speculating, "Oh fuck, does she does she have powers?" And just based <laughs> on the trailer, apparently she fucking does now. Yeah, but there's like that leaks like three or four years ago <laughs> when that season came out. I'm just like, you guys. 
fucking suck at keeping secrets. <laughs> um, but that's I love the opening is, is the, all right. So the boys are the only ones dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. They're all dressed like Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which I fucking love the Ghostbusters. Yeah, and it was fucking hilarious seeing it because they look at um, the black and they're like, uh, "Why are you Egon?" Because I want to be fucking Egon. <laughs> It's like, no, you got to be the other guy. What, the black one? I'm just like, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Because two of them are Egon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they. I love the I love the kind of underhandedness of a little bit. They get back to school and they're like, hey, there's a new kid in town racking mm. up high scores. And it, they're, they're like, oh, they're looking for a guy named Max. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, what the fuck? And they see her and she's just, she's the 80s kid. Like, the 80s kid. Yep. Uh, if she was a boy, she'd be selling cigarettes outside of Adventureland. <laughs> <laughs> but I dug her because... Or Action Park. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, well, th- the thing I would liked about her character is it-, it seems to be... Writers seem to have trouble writing a strong female character that's not an absolute bitch the entire time. <laughs> Does that make sense? Where it's like the, the rudeness gets overshadowed with the idea of oh she's just strong and powerful this character she had no problem standing up for uh, for herself against the boys Mm -hmm. you know she is her own character but at the same time she is intolerable she's not annoying and grating on the nerves to watch so that's something else i really commend them for is writing a good strong female character i think it's not just the female character part i think it's writing children you're still yeah you're right yeah like boy or girl the best part about writing a kid is you're letting the kid kind of lead themselves a little bit yeah you know i'm not saying the whole thing's improv there is great writing but mm-hmm. i'm saying just like let them see what naturally they would fucking do yeah you got at the end of the day you know this is four kids with a fifth and a sixth yeah and now it kind of evens out the dynamic just a little bit not like diversity wise but more of um, well now they have a girl part of the team well, no, well 11 is a girl but, but you know what I mean. but, 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 uh, but she's kind of she's away now yeah but she it's, it goes back to a and d class thing. Like, so you have your rogue, your warrior, your your, um, your magician. You know, you have all these characters, and they're just adding to the group, man. Yeah. The D&D group's just getting bigger. Uh, <laughs> that's all it is. Um, because it all starts with four. Ends, season one ends with five. Mm-hmm. Season two ends with six. Maybe seven. And then at the end of season three... It is a class of like 10 fucking people, (laughs) all with different characteristics, all with different abilities. And I'm just like, make the next NES game, goddammit, so I can have a reason to buy an iPad. (laughs) Because that's what I played it on was an iPad. It's like, this is so convenient. (laughs) Best Buy has payment plans. Yeah, that's what I heard. (laughs) That's what you heard. But yeah, uh, and then after this, uh, where was I? Oh yeah, Joyce is dating her old high school classmate, Bob Newby, and uh, Hopper investigates a field of pumpkins mysteriously rotting, and conspiracy theorist um, Murray Bauman investigates people who uh, cited Eleven believing her to be a Russian spy. So this is is kind of a kind of a funny thing to me because this is what they incorporated in the nes game was the uh, underneath and how to access it because that's all the site that's all the game was was the whole access thing for season two yeah um but first of all shot aston <laughs> we'll you've been waiting for we'll, this we'll part. get to this you thought barb was fucked over Shot Aston was <laughs> fucked over. He was in Lord of the Rings. God damn it. Right? He's the best friend a person can have. <laughs> and like uh, You were talking about Murray. Uh, 
Brett Gilman, the guy who plays him, yes, is just one of the funniest freaks you ever seen on fuck. Like he he is fucking hilarious. He is really and he, good. And like if you want to get a guy to be a, be a conspiracy theorist, that's the one. <laughs> like you you can't do better than him. Just like even that's his regular look. He didn't do makeup. He didn't do hair. That's what he looks like. <laughs> he just rolled out of bed. Yeah, that's what he looks like in real life. Like that's. It's not like what they did with like Carrie Ells and gave him like Rolexes and fucking gold rim glasses and a fucking like made him bench a couple pounds. Like, nah, this is this is this Gilman is a weird looking motherfucker. And this is actually this is what I noticed that uh, the mom was my favorite character, not Winona Ryder. Um, oh, the other, other mom, mom Natalie. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Or uh, what is her name? Uh, Nancy's mom. Yes, Nancy and Will, uh, the other guy's mom. She plays a little bit bigger role in this season, not as much as season three. Uh, but yeah, but this one. But this, she wanted to play a much bigger role yeah. in season three. But uh, she's fucking hilarious. She's from uh, Funny or Die. Yeah. And a couple other series. Um, and she actually plays it up a little bit better in this one because I, I want to see more of the parents a little bit, mm-hmm. other than my known writer just going ape shit. <laughs> Which is always great. Yeah. I like how she's trying to ground herself, though. She's yeah. like, oh, God, I got, a, I got a guy who doesn't think I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> he treats my kids right. <laughs> I'm not nuts. <laughs> she has that whole man telling, I'm a known writer, goddammit. <laughs> I'm a normal woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm a normal, a normal woman. Uh, but, you know... We're getting re- we're getting a slow return of all the characters. David Harbor, you know, yes, as uh, Hooper Hopper, um, and I liked Hopper. Hopper was a very down to earth character for the longest time. Uh, he do get he does get a little eccentric later down the road. I think they kind of messed him up in season three. Really, I, I, I will we'll of course yeah. get to that. But no, I, I think I think Hopper was still a really great character in season two. Yeah, um, and this also brings in all right so. With Max joining the group, mm-hmm. we're also seeing another character as they're leaving. Uh, so the, the the kids have kind of branched off. So she's hanging out with Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, the fourth friend. Yes. No, the third friend. Will's the last. Um, <laughs> and Rank. And Rank. All right. All right. So she's hanging out with Lucas. And this is when we meet... Um, a new character, Billy Hargrove. Yes. Billy Hargrove is very unique. Because he's a racist. <laughs> and you're like, oh fuck, it is the eighties. God damn it. Like, this is this is this is one of those slaps in the face, right, when you realize you're watching something that's made without cell phones. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, people were fucking assholes in the eighties. Yeah, they really didn't sugarcoat his character either. And you know what's funny? He's a fucking Power Ranger. Like he was in the Power Rangers movie as the Red Ranger, and it's yeah. just like Dude, he flipped it like totally from one end to the other. He's yeah, like, yeah. Let's let's protect everyone. Blah blah blah. Let's the Power Rangers. Go go Power Rangers. Start a badass solo. <laughs> like, all that. All that. It's a ah hate. That's, it. that's all. That's all. I hate in a fucking bench press like five hundred pounds because he works out all the time. Listens to Kenny Loggins and thrash metal. Oh, I know. It's like his his entire like every time he was on screen, it was like Motley Crue, Def Leppard. It it's was a just montage. It, of hate. <laughs> like I like like later on, you'll see him like doing his hair in his room, and he's fucking like just bitch, like just fucking lifting weights, just being yes. like an angry little white kid. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, you're a pussy. <laughs> and uh, Mike, he's and the it, new Steve. 
And uh, <laughs> while Mike and Nancy are dealing with the uh, respective losses of Eleven and Barb, uh, Will's been experimenting, uh, experiencing episodes of that apparent hallucination that Chris was talking about earlier mm-hmm. from the Upside Down with an enormous tentacled shadow monster, yes. which we actually see teased once again this season. That, that's kind of been the overarching Thanos mm-hmm. of this whole season. It's like we keep getting teased with this big tentacle monster character that supposedly we're finally going to finally see. Yeah, um, I've heard the name already, uh, Vicna, mm-hmm. which sounds a lot familiar if you're like a D&D lore person, but I'm I love the speculations. You know, you know, you, I love watching these YouTube guys just lose their shit. Oh yeah, because we make our own speculations and they're, and just, they're public about theirs. Yeah, they kind of uh, Mr. Sunday movies. Oh, the the Court Owls, Batman. I'm just like, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, new rock stars is bad yeah. with that too. Yeah, so like they're they're all bad with that. I just like, oh no, it's that's Billy. That's Billy Hargrove. It's like maybe it could just be a new character. <laughs> it's all it could be. Hell, it could be Barb. <laughs> you know how terrifying that would be if she just rolled up a bitch, just rolling up. You left me, Nancy. <laughs> but you know, just just from the look of this new season, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you guys are throwing everything at the fucking wall and sticking it. Like, I really hope the new season's good. Well, and that's kind of why I wanted to even do the retrospective of these previous three because even seeing the trailer for four, I was like, it feels like they're pulling a little bit of everything from all of these seasons into this new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's, you know, 11, she's on the run. Well, not really on the run. She's traveling. Yeah. I wouldn't say that because, you know, it's Eat, really eating changing. some Eggos. Eating some Eggos, killing people <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Like the boys or some shit. <laughs> oh God, eleven and the boys. Oh, she killed. She fucking. That's them. another show we also started up. So fucking keep, keep, hilarious. Keep a lookout for that oh, <laughs> review God. when it's done. Have, next time I should have just Alex record me the next time we watch it. Just like ah, just eat <laughs> don't popcorn. sneeze. Don't sneeze. No, no superheroes allowed to fucking sneeze. <laughs> you kill a million people. <laughs> okay, yeah, back on track though. Um. Let's see. Uh, Joyce and Hopper uh, take Will to see the lab's new director, Dr. Sam Owens, who has been giving Will routine medical exams ever since his return. Owen theorizes that Will's episodes are PTSD brought on by the anniversary of his disappearance. The gate in the lab's uh, basement has been growing, worrying Owens. So, yeah, they've also got a gate to the upside down in the bottom of this facility. Yeah, so uh, Owens, as I kind of liked, Owens is a mainstay almost. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's not, you know, the Brenner guy, you know, the Dr. Brenner, yeah, the bad guy, you know, he's not the one, you know, pulling the fucking throttle all the way. Yep. Do it, make a shit. <laughs> you know, just do beat, it, do beat it, the do kids, it. you know, just kind of like whooping the kid's ass or some shit. Uh, but he's played by Paul Reiser, who's fucking hilarious. Uh, he was in a, a lot of sitcom shows and stuff like that. So seeing mm-hmm. him in this and them just pulling like Renoma Ryder and all these other motherfuckers mm-hmm. is hilarious to me because it's like, dude, you guys are really pulling some fucking favors. Oh, yeah. Getting these people out in a bad And I think and that's part of the reason that makes this show so enjoyable is it's, it's fan service done right because it's not these characters coming back playing versions of their old roles. It's just like, hey why don't we get all these old alumni back together or, you know, all these people that were kind of part of the same ethos and put them in the show and give them little roles. I think it's just something that 
gives the show a little bit more genuineness, mm. if that makes sense. And it does expand a little bit more uh, family-wise. You know, we see more of uh, Will or uh, Nancy's parents. We mm-hmm. see more of an older writer trying to just be a parent instead of yelling a single and mom who's out. freaking the fuck out because her son went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> like a Sam Raimi film or some shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then Nancy and Steve have dinner with Barb's parents, who still believe their daughter is missing. Which that that has to be. This like, is the, this is the KFC episode. This is this is what I thought funny because I watched Benjamin with Babish and he yeah. did, he's like, we're gonna of all the things to pull, he could have pulled a fucking KFC commercial. He's like, no, we're gonna do the KFC dinner from 1984 from Stranger Things. It's like. Why? Why? What <laughs> is Babish? One of the most awkward fucking scenes of television. He's like, we sure do miss Barb. We hired a private detective. He's just like, and he's like, mm, the fucking colonel, am I right? <laughs> God damn it, Steve. And this is this is another dynamic I didn't really understand. Why the fuck is she still hanging out with Steve? Yeah, like you, you know, she was banging old boy's brother for the longest time. Um, well, because Steve's just a good dude, but not like. She was with the other guy. Yeah. And then it's just like something happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, monster still exists, bitch. Stick with the guy who's helping you kill them. <laughs> Along with Steve. <laughs> create create uh, polyamorism in the 80s. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. I don't know. They're not far enough down south for um, the polyamory to really kick oh, in yeah. yet. <laughs> eh, what are you, you going to do? <laughs> the, Mor- the Mormons hadn't <laughs> come around yet. A reverse Mormon, yeah. Yeah, the reverse Mormon. Uh, but yeah, and then a uh, nice little cap off to this episode. Hopper goes home to his cabin in the woods where he is secretly living with Eleven. Yeah. And that, I remember seeing that scene and I just immediately smiled because the dynamic of the two of them, kind of like father-daughter yeah. thing, it works so well. And this is where like your second watch through, you're just like getting punched in the stomach every fucking day because... Yep. There's a scene in the second season and some of the first season where we know Hopper's daughter died. Uh, we really unsure how maybe cancer or some kind of disease like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, going to like that second watch through, you're looking for like Easter eggs or maybe a little bit more foreshadowing that you missed. Um, yeah. And you see that uh, Hopper uh, wears a bracelet uh, and now he doesn't wear it, but now Levin does. Mm-hmm. And you're watching it. I'm, I'm watching that. I'm just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> making me feel shit. And see, and that's what just makes for good storytelling. It's like you, they're making us care about these yeah. characters and they're giving, and little moments like that is the showing, not telling thing. Yeah. Where it's like, you don't have to have Hopper going, you know, you know, it's really nice to have you around, yada, yada, yada. It's like, we, we don't, you don't need that dialogue. You just need that one little visual clue of like, now she's wearing his bracelet, which gives a. It, you could just fill in the blank. It's like a classic horror movie that didn't show the gore. Fill in like, the blank. I like his. It's good parenting and also terrible parenting. It's like, yeah, we're having egos and ice cream for dinner. It's just like, <laughs> that's terrible. But it's smart because she could flay your fucking mind open with yeah. a fucking sneeze. Yeah, <laughs> so, so he's like, what do you want? Egos? Okay, you can have your fucking egos. Yeah. <laughs> sure thing. Whatever you want. A hell of a product placement. 
Oh, God. yeah. Oh, God. Still going strong with some Eggos. <laughs> Benjamin Badger did, did that one, too, and it looked disgusting. <laughs> Dude, well, see, here's the thing. And this is the reason why it even took me so long to even watch Stranger Things, is by the time season two came out, the hype was on. Mm-hmm. Like, season one hype was kind of a slow burn. Mm-hmm. By the time they were promoting season two, it, you couldn't escape Stranger Things. Yeah. And that was the moment I did my little mental punk rock writing it off thing. As I remember walking down the aisle and seeing Stranger Things goes and not fully understand the the connection but just making the thing of like god damn this fucking show i can't even go down the food aisle without seeing this goddamn show everywhere no i'm not watching it i'm not watching this stupid ass show you sounded like a grandparent when this kiss came out goddamn clowns and satan services being on the cereal boxes the goddamn television satanists (laughs) satan (laughs) you've turned into an old man i did i i have very old Bad tendencies. I, yeah, I know. I hate you, kids. I was hip too once. You were coming, Grandpa Simpson. I was hip too. I was hip too once. I knew the stuff, the things. I I watched MTV back when I had music. Oh, God. All right. Look, we got a lot of episodes to go through, so let's keep this shit rolling. Episode two, flashbacks reveal that Eleven escaped from the Upside Down but was forced to hide from agents. In the present, it is Halloween, and Eleven asks Hopper if she can go trick-or-treating, but Hopper insists that she must remain hidden (laughs) until he can reach an agreement with Owens, allowing her to live a normal life, uh, frustrating the homebound Eleven. So, yeah. So, he, he, he lets her eat whatever she wants, but... He has no problem with putting himself in danger, being like, no, you're fucking staying home. (laughs) We see that in season three a lot when she's going out with old boy yeah, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, he's become that dad. Keep the fucking door open. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's being that guy. And it's just like, didn't we all just fight demons together like two years in a row? It's like, you're... It's fine, man. Like, and I, it's not like I'm going to find another girlfriend when she asked me what my childhood was like. It's like, yeah, I know, right? That's what that's what that's kind of the fucked up thing about this show is is like it's the kids from it because mm-hmm. now they're all bound together in a weird fucked up way because it's like they can't have meaningful relationships after this. What did you, what did you do during school? Oh, I went to school. I had a bully. Blah blah blah. This and that. I played sports. So you know, with the high yeah, school. Right. Hey, what'd you do? Uh. We killed a demon, <laughs> a flower-faced demon who, who looked like he was in the Resident Evil games. It's like, honestly, if you think about it, that's what they fucking did. Yeah, and, and like they can't say that shit out loud. They'll they'll put a jacket on him and throw him in a p- pillow room. <laughs> It'll be nice and soft though. It'll be nice and soft. You can bash your head against the pillows until you hit concrete. But no, this this is kind of it. Kind of forces them together in a fucked up way. It, it really does. Because like if they ever do a Stranger Things like movie, they need mm-hmm. to do it like it, where it's like twenty five years in the future. It's like, hey, remember when we killed that thing? And we well leveled the town and killed the mayor and did all this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. I'm surprised the government hasn't killed us yet. <laughs> All the while, uh, more pumpkin fields rot across town and Hopper discovers an organic substance similar to the substance he's seen in the lab now in the fields. And Nancy wants to tell Barb's parents about the truth of her death, but Steve says it is a bad idea as the agents might come after them if they tell anyone the truth. Instead, they attend a Halloween party where Nancy gets drunk and berates Steve for his lack of empathy for Barb's parents. Oh, dude, she's partying hard. Oh, yeah. I like it. She's got got the fucking sunglasses on and she's just just chugging it and like if you look at nancy nancy's the same 
about five one. Yeah. Maybe ninety pounds. Little lady. Because she is a tiny fucking human being. <laughs> and she's just knocking them the fuck back. And like I love I remember you remember the gif of them dancing? Yes. Uh, that was the funniest fucking one. Like of all the gifs, that was the one that just like just <laughs> gyrating back and forth. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um but yeah, uh Steve leaves and tells Jonathan to take Nancy home. Uh the boys go trick-or-treating and are later joined by Max. Will is having another episode during the night and tells Mike about his visions, leading Mike to admit that he's been trying to contact Eleven. Mm. Yeah, so at this point now... Yeah, so uh, so it is kind of interesting because it seems like even through all this, Eleven would be trying to reach the crew. Yeah. But she she seems to be pretty content just hanging with Hopper. I think, I think it's more of the danger of letting the boys know because mm-hmm. you know hopper the whole time is just like look we need to play this right you know if you if they think you're still around you know you're putting them in danger because the government went after them yep went after uh, mike's parents like they surrounded the fucking house mm-hmm. um so like there there is a danger there it's not really a monster or danger it's, it's the man yeah Yep, and then a little bit later on, Eleven does try to contact Mike through her powers, but it's unsuccessful. And then, Dustin returns home after trick-or-treating to find a strange creature in his trash can. A polywog. <laughs> that winds up being a demodog. Yeah, <laughs> a fucking demon dog. Yeah. Like, uh, but I love the intro to this one, because he's just like, oh, look, he's fine. He's he's so pretty. and he, he, I just... Oh fuck! I think I killed this thing once. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's like totally, he's just like totally down for it. And Which I, thinking I, about, it, let's let's take a step back and really put this in context. They fought demons. They know that there's this weird thing called the under, uh, the upside down, all this other shit. They know weird shits out there. On Halloween night, Dustin comes back and sees this weird creature digging through his trash can. And what does the motherfucker do? I'm going to keep it and name it. No, bitch. You, 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 you turn around and go, hey, weird shit's happening again. This is why, this is why Dustin's the number two. <laughs> All right. He's willing to take risks. He's willing to help the group. All right. And he also has these weird side adventures that we see in season three. Yes. Because <laughs> he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Over the radio. Who's <laughs> <laughs> really into the never-ending story for some reason. <laughs> but like... He, he, he keeps going off. You know, have you ever noticed that Dustin is like one of the few characters who has his own goddamn adventure? Well, yeah, because he's like, fuck you guys. I don't need you. <laughs> it's not even that. It's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. He, he's, he's got all the time to himself. Mm. And we do see like Lucas. When Lucas gets on, we meet his family, mainly the little sister who becomes right. pivotal later on. Uh, but it kind of like Dustin, his whole vibe mm-hmm. is just... I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. All right. He's, Which he's, is kind of the perfect 80s kid. Yeah. Like, he's he's not a latchkey kid. You know, he's he's, he's got a structured home. But he's yeah. just like, I can't tell anybody about my special thing. <laughs> One, Lucas is going to get jealous. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure him and Max have a thing. Mm. Mike has his thing with Eleven. Eleven has her thing just being Eleven. <laughs> Will is a chump. <laughs> Everyone's having a good time. Like everyone's, Poor Will. Everyone's doing well except for Dustin. Yeah, and that's what creates the the arc for him, okay, which I really, I, see that. I really I like. Because like it comes back forth like in episode four or five where he's just like, "Why the fuck do you guys care? It's mine." Or like, like he really does. He, he gets that mentality very quick. Leave me the fuck alone about this. All right? <laughs> Go dress up like Ghostbusters again, motherfucker, without me. <laughs> 
And uh, yep, so episode three flashbacks reveal that Hopper found Eleven in the woods and agreed to take care of her in his grandparents' old hunting cabin, and she agreed to not leave the cabin. In the present, Bob encourages Will to face his fears, not understanding the extent of Will's episodes. Ah, the greatness of the 80s of owning two house properties. Yes. (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) And uh, But yeah, I just found that funny. Bob's trying. Bob, man. God damn it, dude. He, he could have been the greatest stepdad in the whole fucking series. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it would have been Bob and Steve for a knockout drag out. Yeah, he would have been Greg fucking Brady, man. He would have been the shit. Oh, yeah. And I, lo- I do like like Will giving a little pushback mm-hmm. a little bit, but he's like, Bob's trying. You know? Yeah. Like, he's really trying. He just doesn't get it. And the oldest son is like, that's great. Like, he's cool as shit about yeah. it. And then you do see that kind of like, they kind of butt heads a little bit on how to handle situations, especially with Will. Right. It's like, Bob is like, hey, do this. And his brother's like, no. Mm-hmm. Crank some fucking metal. <laughs> and create your own vibe, man. Like, yeah. Like I did. Yeah, yeah. That's why I look like Ed Furlong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. His brother is a really good... Um, he's one of the other good uh, members of the cast, too. Yes. And that's... He was he was kind of the uh, the outsider going in. Because uh, Will, Will was part of the group of his age. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he had the strong four, four-man group. Yeah. Uh, but Steve and Nancy, you know, in a class role, you know what I'm saying? It was like, they're popular. He's not. So even when they're doing the whole, let's, let's kill something together, mm-hmm. even at the end of it, it's just like, you don't really see them together no. until later on. Which I will say, it gets kind of awkward as shit seeing mm-hmm. them get older, uh, especially someone like Will, who right. they try to make look small constantly and then now he's like six foot two <laughs> he's like hi i'm will your pussy <laughs> who's the pussy now he should be playing basketball and shit like, you know what i'm saying <laughs> but that goes into uh this episode too is uh this is where we meet billy hartgrove the student yes billy hartgrove the student is an american badass <laughs> like throw away get rid of the racism part Oh, he's crushing it. He's got the fucking <laughs> mullet. He's got the fucking jean jacket. He's cranking fucking ACDC, Metallica, whatever the fuck. Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah, man. Those fucking nutsacks that fucking the Midwest don't know that shit. Fucking Those losers. <laughs> Those fucking losers never heard that shit. All they heard was Kiss from the 70s. Hey. <laughs> hey they were big in the Midwest. They Gar- were. Garth Brooks loves them. <laughs> um, but like... It's, it's so funny because it's like, dude, this is the new popular kid. You know, Steve, Steve was the good looking guy, hometown hero, blah, blah, blah. Had the nice girl and all mm-hmm. this. But Billy shows up. I'm fucking all of them. <laughs> like that's, that's how he comes out. He's like, where's the bitches? Yeah, he probably, he probably did do a fucking little toot before he got it on the goddamn school grounds. Because where, where are they from? Him and Max are a military family. They're not mm-hmm. full brother and sister. They're half brother and sister. Right. And he fucking hates Max. <laughs> and the feeling's pretty mutual. Yeah. Okay. I, I, to a point. Yeah. So this is what I like about the character development. Uh, just going into Billy Hargrove is all right. He's an asshole. He's he's a fucking racist. But he's you know top tier you know, popularity. And, yeah. And that goes a long way in the eighties high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just eighties and current yeah. society, even kids with the TikToks are all popular now. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Um, but there's a scene where they're on the bat, they're playing basketball mm-hmm. and Steve is good at, at basketball, but Billy's better. Yeah. 
and I do like the fact that Billy is just stomping his ass, mm-hmm. but he picks Steve up. He's like, look, this is what you got to do. And like, he's showing Steve and I'm just like, please don't be a prick at the end of this. Like, I know Billy's an asshole. I hope he gets hit by a car, but like, <laughs> I don't want Steve to go back to being a fucking prick again. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to be the strong single mother he was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the best joke uh, revolving around the Oh my the god, who's the best single mom of all time? <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> stranger things. He's a Girl Scout champ. <laughs> yep, and uh, at this point, uh, Dustin is still kind of fucking around with Dart, and uh, he shows him to the other kids, and Will concludes that this is definitely from the upside down as it makes a similar noise to one keep- Will keeps hearing in his hallucinations. And at this point, Hopper accuses the of Owens of falling, um, failing to keep the gate contained, becoming increasingly concerned about the pumpkin fields. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the pumpkin fields rotting is a, they're figuring out as a direct correlation to the upside down gate that's in the yeah, so, secret laboratory. Yeah, so it's, it's just seeping that. through. Yep. Uh, you door- didn't put enough duct tape on it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> the army doesn't use duct tape; they use hundred mile an hour tape. <laughs> They didn't put enough on it. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, like, this is actually where it's kind of fucked up because this is when I learned that um, Stranger Things, the plot, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the broad plot of secret government testing kids, weird fucking animals, is based on a true story. Yeah. Um, there is a facility, Mantioc, um, they had confessed to, like, yes, we, we did nasty shit you know, to get answers. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but what the fuck is that creature on the goddamn ground? And yeah. like, people have been speculating like it's a fucking demon dog or some shit. Because <laughs> demon look, dog. Because like, if you look at, if you look at the, what, what Stranger Things is based on, the fucking animal that you see that you pull up in the conspiracy of everything mm-hmm. is it's like, oh, it looks, yeah, it looks like a monster, but it's probably like some just hairless animal. <laughs> but like, it, it, it goes back to like, the government did test on people mm-hmm. in the 80s and 70s. Uh, they did do bad shit, especially MK Ultra esque things. <laughs> all right. Tune into a separate episode for Chris. Just to, all I have to do is just intro it, and then yeah. I can just turn my mic off, and we'll just let Chris roll. MK Ultra isn't a real conspiracy. All it was is throwing hookers out of windows. Like, <laughs> you'd be surprised how true that statement is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, frustrated with being held up, uh, Eleven uh, leaves to go look for Mike. And at the school, she sees him arguing with Max and mistakes it as flirting. Yep. Heartbroken, she leaves and Will suffers another episode and follows Bob's advice to confront the shadow monster. But it possesses him. God damn it. Season, episode three of season two, Will's already fucked up again. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think I think what was, what was crazy is like Bob's advice was solid because he thought Will was being bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, nah, man, kick his ass. You know, Will, you're going to be a big ass dude, man. Fuck him up. Yeah. Teach him who's boss. Tell them other boys, yeah, this gang this motherfucker up. <laughs> you'll be tall in a couple of years. Yeah, you'll be taller than me because I'll be six feet underground. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm Sam Wasgamji from Lord of the Rings. I do not die in a stupid fucking show written by fucking carpet cleaner brothers. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I'm Sean Aston, goddammit. <laughs> I will say, because again, spoilers for season three. If you've not watched season three, I don't know why you're even listening to this talking about season two, but it's like season three, Will doesn't get fucked up. It's like he actually doesn't even play that big of a role in the season. That's probably good because his mind would have been gone. Well, that's what I'm sitting here going. So again, I'm watching these two seasons back to back and uh, I was watching it with my ex and I remember even asking her midway through this season being like, is Will just the punching bag of this show? <laughs> for, the first half, for the first half of the fucking series, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he takes a fucking beat. He does. I would like that. that Will, that, Will I, deserves just to sit on the I, bench. I want that to be a backhanded Easter egg in the new season. It's like, hey, why is... Will's very big. Like, why, why is that? And it's just like, because he's got a demon inside of him. He goes, oh my he god, go, yes. He goes, he goes from he's, being, he's turning into Slender Man. Yeah, he goes from being Will the Wise in the Dungeons and to Will the fucking Warrior. <laughs> Leader. Everyone goes down a peg. <laughs> Leader. Leader. Will the fucking Leader. <laughs> Uh, episode four uh, Joyce and the kids awaken an unconscious Will and Joyce takes Will home but finds him acting strangely drawing scribbles on pages and demanding that the house be kept cold god damn it Joyce <laughs> Joyce, Joyce had a job she had a man and then it went to shit again. It's it's, it's like it's like the uh, non intentional version of what's happening in South Park with Cartman's mom. It's like just the, the everything is falling apart just for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's drawing. He's he's basically drawing a pathway of what the underground tunnels look like or the underneath. Um, and what's really cool is we don't find that out till later. But yeah, he is. He's and just how do we find that out? Sean Aston, <laughs> motherfucking <Fucking> Bob. Bob. <laughs> uh, but like. You feel so goddamn bad. Like in a realistic standpoint, you just feel fucking bad for Winona Ryder throughout this show. Oh my show. god! Yeah, like you know her. Put it, make it like a real world scenario. Her mm-hmm. kid is having seizures. Yeah. Okay, and it's like he finally just got out of the hospital. He's on medication. He's rolling fine for a few days. You're you when just, the shoe drops. <laughs> it's like you finally took that good shower. You yeah. had that good dinner. You wake up the next morning, then damn, it's right back in it. And so it's like you can absolutely put yourself in that scenario and just be like, damn, woman, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then it just gets so much fucking worse. It does. Uh, so Joyce calls Hopper, and together they discover the Scribbles line up. Uh, Hopper recognizes that the drawings represent vines, and he leaves. <laughs> That's literally what it has written. Hopper does, uh, recognizes the drawings represent vines, and he leaves, presumably heading toward the pumpkin patch. Uh, Nancy and Jonathan are caught by agents when they try to contact Barb's mother and are taken to the lab, where Owen shows them the portal to the Upside Down and admits Barb died in the Upside Down and says uh, he wanted to prevent foreign governments from learning of it. Yeah. Yeah, so so I guess at this point, yeah, I guess Nancy. I mean, uh, yeah, Nancy and uh, Steve didn't know that she was killed in the Upside Down. Yeah, you just assume so. Yeah, because uh, Hopper's the one who found her, I believe, mm-hmm. with Will, uh, because you know she is dead. Yeah, which kind of sucks because you're like, ah, there was a little bit of hope. Yeah, that you did in '86 a fan <laughs> favorite character for some goddamn reason so quick. I don't know why she was a fan favorite. She was in like. One and a half episodes. I think it's because she was likable and being treated like shit. Yeah, like, true. Like, she's like a dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. They did her wrong, but at the same time, I'm sitting here going, I'm like, at be, some point, the love has to kind of slow I down. I remember the memes. I remember the memes for that was Justice for Barb. Oh, I know. I put that. I put yeah. that in the episode description of yeah. season one. Yeah, Justice for Barb. <laughs> Meanwhile, the next get the next favorite meme is just Nancy and Steve just fucking vibing <laughs> in a party, drunker and fuck. <laughs> wow, what a turn, huh, on the fandom. <laughs> Uh, 
So at this point, uh, they are released and it is revealed that Nancy secretly recorded Owen's admission. An infatuated Lucas uh, tries to get closer to Max, but her violent older brother, uh, stepbrother rather, uh, Billy, intervenes. <laughs> yeah. With a fucking V8. Intervenes. With a, v- with a V8 Pontiac, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a firebird he's driving. And, this, and these are the moments in the show you just go... They're really going there, aren't they? They fucking better. It's, like it's going to show up eventually. Well, no, there, there's ways for shows to not even like tackle that subject, but it's pretty interesting. But they wanted to tackle that part of the subject. Well, I think it's because do you want to make him hateable? Yeah, because he is a villain. Um, he's a realistic villain. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the fictional, you know, Demogorgons and stuff like that. But I think it's good to have a villain on two fronts. That makes sense. Maybe maybe not as intensity. Yeah. But still two villains. Like uh Spider Man two. Mm-hmm. Spider Man two had two villains. One Doc Ock, great over the top villain. But you still had James Franco. Yeah. Still a villain. Yep. Still doing the villain thing. Even but, though he wasn't in a costume, he wasn't a goblin, yeah, he it's, was it's, still it's, it's he two, was Peter's villain. Yeah. Like you need you need the villain for the top and you need the villain for the bottom. In this case, uh, because eventually, like, if you were to play it out, like, let's say, like, Eleven came back a little, like, two days early or some right. shit and saw this piece of shit try to run her friend, she'd rip that car in half <laughs> and go after his soul. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she would do some Mortal Kombat shit and just rip him in half. And Lucas would be like, damn, girl, chill. <laughs> and Max is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh no, Max would just be the realest of them all. Because at this point, Max, I don't even think Max at this point realizes what the other kids have gone through yet. No, she has no like, clue. Yeah, because they, they, again, it's, it's that whole situation of like, we can't let the outsiders really know. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like it, I feel like even there was like a point in time they mentioned something and she's like, what are you talking about? They're like, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there's a few scenes where it's like that because she knows like, hey, I know there's a secret between you guys. I'm not trying to be invasive about it. But, but you're also being really fucking weird, and I'm trying to be really cool. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be cool with you fuckers. I'm the coolest person in the school. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so let me in on the secrets. I'm being cool. I want to know. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think this is the episode where uh, Eleven meets the group, the group of superpowered assholes. Uh, possibly because it says upon returning to the cabin, Eleven argues with Hopper over sneaking out because uh, she snuck out to see that um, the argument going on. Oh, this is where she finds the box. Yes, uh, accumulating with her destroying the cabin's windows in a fit of rage. While cleaning up the mess the following morning, she finds Hopper's research into her biological mother, Terry Ives, and tries to contact Terry with her powers. So, yeah, so at this point is when she starts realizing that he's, oh, trying to actually make steps to actually try to find her lineage and get her back to her parents. Which, that was one of the more heartbreaking things, and we'll get to that episode, but that whole thing that went down with that was confusing, and then once you finally understood everything, was very heartbreaking. Um, But, yeah, horrified Dustin finds that Dart has broken out of his cage and devoured his pet cat. No shit, Dustin, what did you expect, my dude? I love Dustin. He's probably one of my favorite of the kids. But at the same time, Dustin, my dude, <laughs> this is when I would I would have a Steve moment and just sit him down and be like, bro, what did you expect, my man? <laughs> well, if I remember, like he kept it in a box. Yeah, he kept it in a box, and then he was able to keep it like underground in like a weird like 
dug in doghouse. Yeah, he kind of, well, he kept it like in his basement. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. And that's how he got his cat. <laughs> that's a cat. Yep. And uh and basically, yeah, this one he really finds out it's an infant demogorgon. It's actually not a demo dog, it's actually a demogorgon. Yeah, that's pretty uh, Hopper digs into one of the pumpkin fields and finds a tunnel leading to the Upside Down. Of course it does. Halloween pumpkin patch, Upside yeah. Down. It's got to happen. If I, was, if I was Hopper, I'd been like, guys, get the shotguns. We're going down there and taking care of this now. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have had time, man. Episode 5, Hopper comes trapped in the tunnels in the Upside Down and passes out. Yeah. Mike sleeps over at the buyer's house to help Will recover, and Will has a vision of Hopper, leading Joyce to recruit Bob's help uh, to determine the meaning. And Bob identifies the network as a map uh, of Hawkins and the pumpkin field as the place Hopper was going. And this is the moment I fell in love with Bob as a character yeah. because uh, – Will has been just putting up these uh, sketches all over, and they slowly start figuring out. And Bob, because and Joyce has been hiding all of this from Bob. He is; she's just been like, "No," because like we, we said earlier, there's a normal guy that actually likes me that doesn't think I'm crazy. He likes my kid. He doesn't need to know about this crazy bullshit. He's gonna like not love us, and he's gonna run. And then he comes in because he basically barges in. He's like, "You're acting weird. Let me in." And finally, he walks in, and he's just like, what is all this? And she gives him, like, the most brief rundown that makes her sound absolutely nuts. He just takes one look at it and goes, oh. Oh, this is a map of Hawkins. Oh, with my, with my yada yada, it starts pulling in his specific nerd brain. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. He wasn't a nerd as in, like, what we are, comic books and movies and TV. He wasn't like that. He was into history and you know the and the history of the town and yeah. our agriculture and you know yeah. cityscapes he was in he was a nerd on that front so yeah. he was able to just look at all these squiggly lines and um, and his nerd brain just goes oh it's a map this is hawkins Th this is our town i know this exactly yada yada yeah. yada yada boom and that is one of the reasons i really liked him and sold me on the show because they actually gave a character like that a shining light. Yeah. Because half of the time when they're being, that kind of character is being played up, what's shown immediately after? A character like maybe Hopper doing a smirk in the background as he just kind of walks away. No one did it. They were all just like, oh shit. Word, Bob, thanks. <laughs> you know, they treated it with respect and I dug and, that. And you know, Oh, oh, like another aspect of it is just like, I think Bob would be probably fucking cool with all this. Like, well, he, he clearly if, was. was. Like, if he kept living, yeah. Like, you know <laughs> I think he would have been solid. Oh, Joyce, yeah. I understand your fucking kid is nuts. He, he's a ride or die. Yeah, he's a ride or die. <laughs> Caesar at whatever the fucking store she works at, some weird little Christmas thrift store. Or Joy, Joyce must be slinging it, man. Oh fuck. So I know to ride her, man. <laughs> You've seen the movie Heather's. She still got it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so at this point, uh, let's see. Nancy and Jonathan take the tape of Owen's admission to Murray, who realizes that the public will not believe the unbelievable story and suggests watering it down to make it more palatable. Let's talk about let's talk about Murray's uh, compound. Yeah. Uh, so he lives in a doomsday doom prepper esque. Uh, compound uh, made of concrete uh, and it kind of looks like a trailer on the outside but you yeah. can see he's done a lot of work <laughs> uh, 
but I love his little uh, mock-up video camera on the outside mm-hmm. with Nancy and Jonathan. I love Nancy's look like this guy's a fucking psycho. Yeah. And you're just like, Jonathan's like, hey, look, it's going to be fine. You know, this guy's going to And you know Nancy, you know, one of the writers in the writer room, like, Nancy just says, yeah, I'm going to be fine. I got a fucking heater on me. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the one thing about Nancy. That's the fucking hilarious thing. She don't carry a bat with nails in it. She doesn't have magic fucking powers or a weird slingshot. She carries a fucking 38 revolver, a pig sticker, uh, we're also known as. (laughs) All right. A fucking 38 special. (laughs) And she just was like, yeah, ride or die. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. And I love that the, the guy, the conspiracy guy, is just so cool. With it, like, all right, cool, all right. You showed me your thing. Now I don't think you're part of the government, but you yeah. might still be. Mm-hmm. So let's try to work this out. It's going to take a while. Let me get pull some research and all this. He's doing research and shit. And Nancy and Jonathan decide to stay at this weirdo's fucking shack. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you can you can use that room. And they fucking his house. <laughs> like, how <laughs> fucking weird is that? You met a stranger. He let you in the house, and you decide to fuck in his house. When you got to break something off, you got to break something off, man. God damn it. (laughs) You're talking about horny teenagers in the 80s, man. You gave gave them four walls and a door. But he also has a camera on the front door, which makes you think he doesn't have a camera everywhere else on the goddamn house like a psycho. They're not thinking about that, man. Of course they're not. They're thinking you, about Again, you gave them four walls and a door. That's all kids Nancy, in the 80s Nancy needed. Nancy bought protection but forgot condoms. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man. Nancy brought protection but forgot condoms. That's fucking great. I keep that motherfucking thing on me. <laughs> oh, you, know, you know they have like a weird... She probably has like a weird dynamic in life later on. Like if you used to write the, the, the fan fiction of this show after like... 10 years uh-huh. you know she'd be into some weird shit like just like every other person is just like oh no i don't get off unless i kill a demon like you know like <laughs> i just can't do it <laughs> just can't do it oh man she likes to play russian roulette with people or some shit <laughs> uh and at this point lucas reveals the truth of will's disappearance to max so yeah uh lucas is starting to let max in a little bit she gets a little freaked out but she's also a rat or die she's like no. fuck it Let's go. Because he wants a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is doing fine. Dustin's got his weird dog. You know, his wheels got of, his powers. Uh, he winds up trapping Dart in this basement and lists Steve help to recapture it. Uh, Eleven traps down, uh, in which I love all the scenes of Steve and uh, Will. And sorry, um, Dustin. Yeah. Because he slowly starts, because again, like you said, everyone's got someone. Dustin kind of found Steve. Yeah, Steve kind of takes them under his wing because they're they're uh, dropping like these meat pieces, like ground beef or whatever, trying to like lure the demo yeah. uh, dog, demo dog, dog, whatever, back to the thing. And they're kind of having like a little bit of a bro moment where they're yeah. like, you know, how, how how do you even talk to girls, man? And he's just like, you you just you just have to you, you just, you just do talk it. you just, just do, do it. it. He's like, but but I don't I don't I don't understand it's the like, hair. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, it's the hair. He's just like, what do you do? And he's just like, it's it's a secret, man. He's like, no, tell me, tell me. And he like tells him, and one of them was like the um, Farrah Fawcett hold spray or something yeah. like that. He's like, whoa, and he turns to him. He's like, and if you tell anyone I told you that you're fucking dead. Yeah, I'll, kick, I'll, kick, I'll literally kick the shit out of you. Uh-huh. You toothless fuck. 
And that's what I feel bad about the actor, you know, because he had lost his front teeth. <laughs> and they just didn't bother to give him, like, a prosthetic <laughs> or anything like that. And I'm just like, that makes it more real. Yeah. Because, you know, a kid in, like, late elementary school, early middle school is going to be still losing teeth. Yeah. And, like, this motherfucker lost all four. <laughs> and his mouth is just, like, gum. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think that's a, a condition he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's like a actual health thing, but that again adds to the realness, which, kind of, which again leads it me works to for a weird, him. It does, but it also leads to a weird problem. I also had with season three. Yeah. There, there's a weird thing they do with that also. So yeah, there's, yeah. Anyway, I season two, <laughs> but yeah. So any all of the all of the Stephen Dustin moments top notch because I think uh, even near the end of this, like Dustin winds up getting a date to like the prom or something, and like Steve's in the car to like give him that pep talk. He's yeah. like, you know, get in there, man. You know, hair looks good. You know, he's like, he's, so it's like it comes full circle. So again, best single mom of the whole series. Yeah. He, keeps, <laughs> he keeps the baseball bat with nails in it. Yeah, in the trunk. Oh yeah, because he keeps that motherfucking thing on him just like a good mom should (laughs) Uh, 11 tracks down terry and becky ives uh terry and 11 are able to communicate using their psychic powers and terry reveals to 11 that she tried to rescue her at the lab and was subjected to brain damage subjected to a brain damaging dose of shock therapy by brenner yeah and that was the moment that it was like because at first when you they kind of show up and they're not like talking you're like oh her mom's just in some weird vegetative state and then when they were able to communicate through telepathic stuff and you found out the whole thing that went through her mom you're just like oh my god these people are fucking insane oh yeah Matthew (laughs) Bodine was a Nazi doctor in this fucking thing (laughs) dude it was it was insanity but no that this definitely was the gut punch episode yeah going watching all that and and really cool visuals too because i remember like there was a lot of like black liquid that 11 was like sinking into and like all really cool artistic visuals and all the the whole the whole like the the darkness seeping through the town uh really gets played up pretty good when it's nighttime in the show if you watch if you go back and watch it in the nighttime there is Mm -hmm. like something lurking in the air while you're watching, especially during the Halloween scene. Yeah. It's like something's not, you know, vibing. Well, in right. some scenes, it's the tentacle monster. Yeah, but like when it's nighttime in Hawkins, mm-hmm. it's something's not right. They, they The music changes, if you if you listen to it, it kind of leaves off this uh, infrasound. Yeah. Like you're watching a horror movie because you can feel that. Like mm-hmm. if you've ever watched a horror movie, especially that's been made past the year two thousand, they add a sound in there to make you very uncomfortable during certain scenes. Yep. But like it, the Duffer Brothers did that with this. I found out later on. Okay. Was, okay. So they they're trying to force a vibe uh, on the show mm-hmm. on the on the top. You know, just to you know the bottom will always be the scariest part. Right. There's monsters running around. There's a giant tentacle monster. There's a dude who looks like he has no skin. Like, <laughs> it's just it's it's the bad place. Yeah. But like on the top, it's just like. We can make it feel very uncomfortable very quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Eleven learns that there was another girl trained just like her. And uh, all the while, Joyce, Bob, Will, and Mike rescue Hopper. The uh, those scientists from the lab soon arrive and set the tunnels on fire. As this happens, Will collapses and begins convulsing and screaming in agony because he's part of it. He is connected to it. He is the upside down. And kudos to the government for. Uh, Jumping in and he lo- he that motherfucker out there <laughs> because it's like the government could have just let him to die. The government, yeah. the government could have left him all to die. Yeah, um, that that would have been the smart plan. 
And uh, also, I've only been just saying episode numbers, but uh, this whole season has had really cool callbacks uh, to popular 80s culture. Like this episode was episode five, Dig Dug. So they took the idea of like the classic arcade game. And when you really think about what was going on in the pumpkin patch and everything else, you're like, did you ever play Dig Dug? Oh, yeah. Like a mofo. It's It's a weird game. Oh, yeah, it's an exterminating game. Uh, It's a psycho game where you dig underground and kill small creatures with a bike pump. Yeah, an exterminating game. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll look out for that on the Terminix guy. (laughs) I'm going to find a mouse. I'm just going to blow it up with air. Yeah. God damn. That's what Dale Gribble did. Dale Gribble had chemicals. (laughs) Naturally murdering animals. And he also had pocket sand. Pocket sand. (laughs) All right, episode six. Uh, Will is rushed to the lab. <laughs> I had to do. It. I had to do it. Chris is over here jamming the uh, Hank Trill in his Hank head. Trill <laughs> pocket sand. Uh, Will is rushed to the lab, demonstrating memory loss. Owen theorizes that the shadow monster is a virus that is spread to Will's brain, is controlling him, and that the creature from the upside down shares a hive mind, and therefore damaging the tunnels will be a lethal. Uh, will be lethal to the now infected will and the thing was i can understand how this would be a little bit confusing to folks i understood it clear as day because the whole hive mind and all this shit being connected is a big part of venom from spider-man it's a lot of his kind of backstory so as soon as i started talking about this weird symbiotic relationship and hive mind i'm like oh shit okay the upside down has symbiotes and it's like venom <laughs> got this, it this is this is a pretty wild part of it is uh so that you know you get the connection and everything but i just like will is this like slowly deteriorating into yeah. like an evil will mm-hmm. and i'm just like this evil will. Will, yeah bad will and i'm just like just kick his ass like he's <laughs> he's, he's probably 50 pounds <laughs> throw him bob if you love this woman you will punch her kid in the chest <laughs> and tell him to shut the fuck up <laughs> and later tonight you will punch her cervix yeah. <laughs> uh let's see uh Nancy and Jonathan spend the night at Murray's who forces them to admit their feelings for one another. That was also a funny scene is him sitting them down and being like, listen. Yeah. It could have been a whole lot worse. Like, you guys were fucking last night. Do you guys even love each other? Like, just to be a prick about it. He's like, I have the video. I have the video. <laughs> that would have actually been great. So this is why you don't fucking strangers houses. <laughs> All right, uh, and then uh, the trio send out copies of Owen's admission to numerous newspapers around the country. Uh, Nancy and Jonathan discover Will's drawings upon entering the buyer's house. Uh, Lucas and Max regroup with Dustin and Steve, and the group attempt to lure Dart into the junkyard. At this point, Max apologizes to Lucas to be, for being so hostile, explaining that Billy's violence results from her father, uh, from his father remarrying into Max's mother. So yeah, so he's just got Billy's just got a big stick up his ass because his dad remarried his mom and now he's got a younger sister. Cry me a river. That and um, his dad is a army captain. You find out. Mm-hmm. And I think you find that out in the next season. Yeah, but he also whoops his fucking ass. Yeah. Like, as badass as Billy is, oh, he takes a beating. Yeah. And that's why he's a badass. And like that's why he's a fucking psycho. He's mm-hmm. just like, well, I can't kill my dad. Or maybe I can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's that kid in the back of his mind. Yeah. He, he's, he's Ian Scott from Slater. <laughs> All right. There you go. Man, his dad must have really beat his ass. 
Uh, Dart arrives back at, uh, at the Groose Horror, flanked by a pack of adolescent monsters. Yes. This is a, this is kind of like the first time we actually see them as a pack, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool because we, we saw the Demi-Gorgon as a, a bipedal creature who kind of just hops around. Yep. This is like this is like their their toddler esque version. The warriors. Well, like it's it's they're they're small. They become like dogs and they become like people. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they evolve. Yeah. And like seeing them this way kind of reminds me of a. There's a scene in uh, Aliens where uh, we all know the alien from Alien is the xenomorph from Alien. Yeah. Is like a human. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bipedal. You know, and it it's structured like a human being. Later on in the Aliens franchise, we see that they become they can take the form of anything really uh especially when they kill a cat or a dog yeah. so now you have dog-esque xenomorphs as opposed mm-hmm. to people-esque and i thought that was a pretty pretty cool pretty cool callback yeah to just like changing it just a little bit to give yep. it a more a little bit more dynamism um and this this whole fucking series is just pulls from the 80s horror oh yeah genre. but they do it so good though they do uh it, like a lot of it's like it kind of reminds me of Cujo, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of it Pet Cemetery. I got a lot of vibes from that. I can um, see that a lot of uh, a lot of Cronenberg kind of stuff with the mm-hmm. body horror and everything, especially with the, this spitting up slugs thing mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is this is pretty elaborate, like for for them to pull from so many um, sources of information when it comes to like eighties horror and action and stuff like that. Because it does yeah. have a little bit of eighties action in there. Oh yeah. And uh, especially because the group is cornered until the pack just unexpectedly runs away, and then Will discovers a location that the monsters uh, that the monster prevents him from seeing. Unaware that the monster is manipulating Will, Owen sends a team in to investigate, and the team is then attacked by the adolescent monsters who make their way into the lab. Yeah, this is this is pretty fucked up. This is where it takes a turn. Mm-hmm. So now it's a race against time. Yep, to get the fuck out of it. <clears throat> But we make a quick detour in episode seven when Eleven travels to Chicago, Illinois to find the other girl from Terry's memories named Callie. Yeah. Realizing that they have similar tattoos and they are both experimented on by Brenner, Eleven and Callie consider themselves sisters. Callie can project images into people's minds and lives and lives among the street gang that seeks revenge on Brenner. Uh, Eleven reveals that Brenner is dead, so the gang decides to kill the man who tortured Terry instead. So that's that's kind of funny how she's just like, no, he's dead. They're like, all right, fuck it. Well, we, we're still angry. We got to fuck up someone. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is the problem I had with the gang. Mm-hmm. There, I understand the whole. All right, let's go after the people that did this to us. Okay, we found somebody who was one of us. Let's add him to the group. But at no point. At no fucking point are they like, can we tell anyone? <laughs> we literally have magic powers. Yeah. We could show these powers as proof of concept. I'm like, 60 minutes the fuck up. Let's, see how <laughs> Let's get this going. Put me on MSNBC, CNN, whatever the fuck you need to do. Well, Callie at least helps Eleven hone her abilities by demonstrating that uh, channeling her anger is the key to strengthening her powers. Yes. And then after Eleven uses her powers to... Uh, to find the gang's target named Ray, the gang travels to Ray's apartment and then kills him. Eleven then begins to choke Ray with her powers, leading him to claim that Brenner is still alive. Uh, Eleven refuses to uh, ki- see. Oh, to kill him! I thought they uh, said or showed it to his apartment and killed him. Um, 
Eleven refuses to kill Ray after seeing a photo of his two young daughters who were discovered that at the same moment to be contacting the police and refuses to allow Kelly Callie to kill him as well. The gang flees to their hideout and Callie insists Eleven either stay and avenge her mother or return to Hawkins. Eleven has a vision of Mike and Hopper's plight uh, at the lab and decides to return while Callie and the gang escape from police. And to the best of my knowledge, that's the last time we really see them. Yeah, so they're in their, they're in their little hideaway. Um, and they do the whole... Their little crack house. Yeah, the crack house. Um, a trap, if you will. <laughs> to stay hip. You know. uh, but no, one of them has an ability to kind of like... Ma- I think it's Callie who can mask what a person can see. Mm-hmm. And she's a- they're able to go like invisible in a way. They can't be perceived. Right. Which is a pretty cool power. Yeah. It's like a, like a lesser mutant power you'd see in like a like an old series X-Men comic or something like that. Um, and you don't really see a lot of what else the other people can do. You see like little tricks and stuff, but you mm-hmm. don't see like a big, a big thing that they can do, which kind of right. sucks. I hope they bring them back for season four for just like a quick little thing of them being gunned down by cops or something. <laughs> um, and, you know, with you saying that, you know, that kind of makes me think we never got conclusive on what the fuck happened to Brenner. No, so, so that, that could be bleed into season four. Very true. Yeah, because a lot of people are saying that a lot of stuff from all the seasons are kind of coming to head in these last two. So we'll see. Episode eight: uh, the pack of creatures attacks the lab, killing most of the scientists. Uh, realizing that Will is a spy for the monster, Mike convinces Joyce to sedate Will to prevent the creature from attacking them. Mike, Joyce, Hopper, Bob, and Owens uh, take Will's unconscious body to the lab's security room and barricade themselves from the creatures. As the lab power goes out, Bob volunteers to reset the breakers to allow the joy uh, to allow the group to escape. Bob's mission succeeds, allowing uh, Mike, Joyce, Hopper, and Will to escape. So at that point, Bob's even stepping on up and being like, "Fuck yeah, I'm in this. I'm yeah. even gonna I'm gonna do the shit." Which which also kind of goes to show what you were saying earlier is like if he were still alive, mm-hmm. which I think happens in the next episode. Um, yeah, he he, he would have been fine. He, he held his own. He was a little bit of a weird nerd, but at the same time, he was like, fuck it, I'm here. <laughs> again, he shot ass him, goddammit. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, well again, because Joyce must be breaking some off for that for him to be sticking around for if all he, this. If I thought it, like, if you watch the show, it's like Hopper gets a thing about, oh, well, you were with Bob. She's like, well, I never fucked Bob. I'm just like, man, burn in hell, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you piece of shit. Bob deserved to have his house rocked. <laughs> yeah, you treated him like a shitty sugar daddy. <laughs> uh, Dr. Owenson stays behind to guard Bob out of the way. However, the... Mo- oh, okay, nope. That happens immediately after. However, the monsters attack and maul him to death in front of Joyce, leaving her devastated. Leaving us all devastated. Because, God justice damn it. for Bob. Yes, justice for Bob, God damn it. That's going to be in this description. <laughs> he traveled from the Shire to Mordor with... Elijah Wood on his fucking back. Like, he's the shit. I know, you, I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but he's the no. shit. <laughs> the survivors are rescued by Nancy, Jonathan, Steve, uh, Dustin, Lucas, and Max, then all return back to the buyer's house. Desperate to seek revenge on the Shadow Master, who Dustin realizes is the equivalent to the Mind Flayer in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the group theorizes that the Mind Flayer wishes to spread into this universe and that killing it would kill the creature connected to it. Including Will. So yeah, you're, you're a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. Explain the Mind Flare. How does that at least work in the game? So the Mind Flare is just uh, one of many 
just one of many boss characters in a storyline of D and D. Um, so it's kind of hard to describe how it's played in the game mm-hmm. because it's all up to the DM. Uh, a DM can do what's called one pulls where they can pull one character aside uh, and say, Hey, you're the one you're, you drew the black card, you know, you're, you're on the back end. So if yeah. something happens to you in a specific way, this is what's going to happen. Uh, that character has knowledge of that, but that doesn't affect the overall quest of the of the team. Right. Um, in D&D wise, it is very elaborate because you could take a, uh, a a great example of this is Unsleeping City on, D, on Dimension 20. Okay. He takes a character aside and tells them, hey, this is what's happening. Roll for initiative. Try to guess where you're going with this path. And he does that and it works out because mm-hmm. he does he does one-on-ones with each of them and it's close like you're playing as a team but imagine having just information that you know got it think about be, all right so you're in a band the bass guitar knows we're not getting paid yeah everyone else is ignorant they're like yeah we might get paid the bass player knows nah they never <laughs> took money out the door they're not getting fucking paid yeah like that's the inclusive information that got that it. person knows uh with the mind flare part it works just like you said the zen, uh the symbiote thing mm-hmm. um it's a one-shot kill kind of you know you kill the leader you kill the you kill the army yeah um but the monkey wrenches that army is also connected yeah, to the will yeah there's there's a there's an attachment yeah um and it kind of it can fuck with the game it can fuck with uh especially if you're a very if if the D group is been around a while mm-hmm. a great example is this the boys the boys they've they've been playing D for a long time they don't want to lose a team member, fictionally or otherwise. No, <laughs> you know, like, and, like we got to keep Will around. This will fuck why, up our campaign. And, it's, and that's why what's crazy about it is you wouldn't see a character like that until four or five campaigns later, right? And campaigns can take weeks, right? So just imagine playing with something, Mikey. Yeah, you've been playing with him for so long, you don't want to lose him, mm-hmm. and but you know you feel that hit. Yeah, so that's a great example of that. Got it. Yep, and uh, at that point, uh, they're able to use Morse code to communicate with the real Will, uh, who instructs them to uh, instructs him to close the gate. Mind flare, uh, the mind flare then uses their location and sends the creatures after them. As the creatures close in, one suddenly crashes through the window and lands on the floor dead. The door then unlocks itself, and Levin walks in, having dispatched yeah, the creatures. So yeah, Levin comes in. She's like, "No, I got this shit." And that's, wipes that's, them all out that's kind of a plot hole I do have with the series is how did she get from Chicago to Hawkins so quickly but I'm not worried yeah. about that I'm not worried about that you know that could just be a one off thing uh, maybe she took magic a fucking, magic yeah maybe she took a fucking cab I don't know <laughs> but and killed the killed the cab she took driver. Greyhound she, she, she mind flayed the cab driver and been like take me to Hawkins and just like okay <laughs> He's like, that's be twenty dollars. I don't have money. And she explodes him. <laughs> she, she fucking sneezed halfway there. God no. <laughs> but it, it's all oh, halfway there. <laughs> Ew. All right. Then the, <laughs> in the big wrap up, episode nine. After a brief reunion, Eleven and the group devise a plan to close the gate without killing Will. Hopper and Eleven head to the lab to close the portal, and on the way, seeing Doctor Owens, who's been attacked and injured upon uh, trying to escape. While Jonathan, Nancy, and Joyce purge the virus from uh, Will by overheating him in Hopper's cabin. So yeah, everyone's just on deck, and they're just like, "We yeah. gotta get this shit going." So yeah. I will say the previous episode, if I was 
Monona Ryder's character, I'd be like, stop coming to my goddamn house. <laughs> All of you. The last time a bunch of kids were at my house, one showed up with a gun, the other one showed up with a baseball bat. There was a fight, and then I lost my son again. Now, I will, I will say, like, does this feel a little samey as to season one at this point? No, because I, I think it's an expand, you know, it's expansion of the heroes. Right, but but is but is it not kind of the same plot points? Will's having problems. Everyone's coming together. The whole group's coming together to help Will. They're fighting the upside down. They got to find a way to defeat it without harming Will. Eleven's here to save the day. It just it, this this is my only ne- the only negative I have with season two is it does feel a little samey to season. I don't one. see it as a same. I see it as a continuation. Okay. So like, hey, this is the strategy we had killing one because mm-hmm. that, that was the problem yep there was one yeah who got loose this one it's a fucking grab bag of these fucking things yeah and now we have, to take, we have to take a fucking two-prong approach we got to split up and cover more ground right all right uh, a great foreshadowing of this is in episode uh, two of the first season is like hey guys we're just splitting up looking and they always just like look in the same place the woods his little hut or whatever and it's mm-hmm. like it's not working and this one it foreshadows a little bit better because it is working Right. Hey, it's a two-prong attack because just like the Mind Flayer, there's two parts. Uh, if you play like any type of video game where it's something similar to this, it's a two-level fight. Mm-hmm. If you Legend of Zelda fans know what I'm talking about because there's always, at the very end, you're not fighting them once, you're fighting them twice. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so... It kind of it kind of reminds me of like a video game or just a game in general, mm-hmm. where which uh, isn't a bad thing. Yeah, so I don't see it more as a copy. I see it as more as a continuation. Where hey, this is the strategy we have now compared to the one we had before, where it was just a baseball bat <laughs> and a, a crazy chick. <laughs> no, and that makes total sense. And uh, to prevent the uh, creature from attacking Hopper and Eleven, um, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Max, along with Steve, uh, plan to enter the tunnels to lure the pack away. Uh, Billy arrives at the uh, buyer's house. Fucking Billy. Uh, Having been instructed by Max, uh, instructed to find Max by his father and getting into a fight with Steve, which that was... That was a beautiful fight. Yeah, it's it's getting a, to st- see Steve lay a couple down on Billy after everything that's already happened. I'm and, just like, yes. And like, because you know, if you watched Billy get his ass kicked, that that was a little rough. But if Steve had got his ass kicked, that would have been brutal because St- Billy would have fucked him up. Oh yeah, Billy would have been brutal. Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve was like, stay down. He kept he kept, <laughs> he kept the composure just yeah. a little bit, mm-hmm. which carries over to the next season, which is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, and um. Max manages to sedate him. Uh, Max manages to, uh, to sedate Billy, uh, and the group enters uh, the tunnels and, and enact their plan. Uh, Billy manages to release. Uh, hang on. Nancy uh, manages to release Will from the Mind Flayer's grasp uh, by branding him with a poker. <laughs> Nancy don't fuck around. No, I bet Nancy's into some nasty shit. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, get the poker. Get the poker. God damn it, woman. <laughs> It's for you, not me. Despite the Mind Flayer's attempts to thwart her, Eleven unleashes her anger and successfully closes the gate and kills the creatures. Then we get a flash forward of one month later, Nancy's tape uh, is exposed the lab, uh, leading to its closure. Uh, Barb receives her funeral, and Owens, who survived his injuries, uh, forgets a birth certificate, uh, forges a birth certificate for Eleven, naming her Jane Hopper. thought that was also really sweet. Yeah. It kind of it kind of 
fits perfectly because of that cool like 80s ending you know everything, mm-hmm. everything kind of worked out you know the bad guys got taken care of the government got put in their place i know you know, right like, that's 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 the fun part about the this this show because it reminds it reminds me a lot of the ending of uh, et mm-hmm. all right so the alien you know goes away the kids are fine you know it, it kind of works itself out yeah and this is before the edits where they replace the shotguns with walkie-talkies oh yeah and you even get the the awesome ending where you get uh mike 11 dustin will lucas and max attending their winter dance Mm -hmm. uh where lucas and max dance and kiss as well as mike and 11 while dustin dances with nancy after being turned down by a girl which that you weren't actually kind of expecting him to get turned down because like i mentioned earlier him and steve in the car and steve's got giving him that bro pep talk being like go in there just talk to her you're gonna be good man just knock it out your hair looks good you know hey rock this shit you know give him a little you know his little pump up and he walks in there still gets rejected but it is still of a big dick move dancing with nancy because she's the older girl i think i think what it is is it's it goes back to what i was saying they're a tight knit group now. Yeah, they're in it together. No matter what happens now, they all have this one thing. This goes mm-hmm. from Winona and Hopper to Eleven and Mike, Lucas and Max, Dustin and Steve, Nancy and Jonathan. They are all looped together mm-hmm. because we can't kill them. Yep. There's plot armor there, and if that, I think, I think if they killed someone. In the fourth season, mm-hmm. I think that'll elevate the storytelling just a little bit. Well, they tried to in season three. They killed Bob. <laughs> they killed Bob. Fucking justice for Bob. And then uh, the last little bit of stinger. Uh, later, uh, the mind flare you find out is still alive in the Upside Down, mm-hmm. towering over the school, watching yes. the group at the dance. Yeah, so, so you so can't you, end it on a completely happy note no, here, man. No, you got to create sequels. <laughs> you got to keep that franchise going. Well, any horror movie you watch from the eighties has sequel potential. You know, you can name just a random one, and there's always potential. Uh, a great one is uh, Pet Cemetery because mm-hmm. nah, the wife is dead now, the husband's dead, and who's left? Ellie Creed. She's at her grandparents' house. And I do, I do like the fact that there's one creed left. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we could continue the story because now there's the zombie families back over there. But what if she came home? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, yeah, <laughs> and it, it plays out great. I do love the. There's a fan theory that uh, Ellie Creed is uh, the the bad chick from Doctor Sleep, which I really like. Honestly, I think in retrospect, this is probably my favorite season so far. Uh, even out of season three, I think I like this one the best. Although I like the visuals of season three better. Yeah. Like the, they went super neon eighties mm. with season three, and I, so the eye candy and the visuals of season three I liked a lot better. But season I think the storytelling season three is my favorite. Yeah, just because of every fucking movie they're pulling from, they're pulling from Caddyshack. They're pull, they're pulling from every eighties asshole. They're pulling from. Uh, uh, Death Mall. They're pulling from all these movies. Like it's the mall, which if you think about, it, is the most eighties fucking thing ever created. Let's, oh yeah. Let's put every store in one building and then make it a community center too. Uh, let's just destroy downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and like that—that that was the whole point of the eighties was excess. And then you, hey, who do you see? We see the mayor. 
dude's rocking a pinstripe fucking suit. We're, we'll get there. We'll I, get I'll there. I'll get there. But like, that's my favorite season. This one is a solid second episode. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, is like a part two. Yeah. And then we get to the real sequel. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I, we will be there soon enough because, like I said, I really want to get into watching season four. So I'm sure we'll cover season three maybe sometime this week and then get released a few weeks after. But that's been another edition of this week's Couch Potatoes. And I've been Alex. Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts on Stranger Things season two? I think it's going to be really hard for Hopper to lay it down on all my Nona Rider because uh, she, he, he's, no, he's no Bob. He's no Bob. He's no Bob. Plus, she'd probably be into some weird, like, scary sex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is really like, we're no Ryder. Hide a closet. <laughs> Put on the suit. It's like a dead Demogorgon suit. He's like, I don't like this. It smells. 